Hello and welcome to the first MASHcast of 2014, MASHcast number 110. I am Jarrett and I'm here with Nick Zelenkevich. Happy New Year, everybody. And Joel Couture. <sighs> Special screw you goes out to the evil ghost monsters in Dimension 2 HD. You guys are fucking assholes. You died alone. That's why you're assholes. Okay. I didn't read that one yet. <laughs> no. There's these ghosts that wander the halls, and unless you know exactly where they are and where they're going to go, they will touch you. And I thought that was going to be scary and I was going to die or something, so I was about ready to freak out. But no, they just warp you into like a little arena where you fight four softball enemies, and then you get warped back out, usually close enough to get grabbed in about two seconds. So yeah, I was having a great time with them, so screw those guys. Would you like to show me on the doll where they touched you? No. You can guess. It was my wiener. Oh, okay. <laughs> you brought it up. You shouldn't have brought it up. Sensitive, oh, God. Sensitive topics for Joel Couture. Yep. Hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> Mash cast. Oh, yeah. That's what that's what our listeners expect. Um, yeah, typically we do... Within five minutes, yeah. <laughs> well, typically we do, you know, what, what you've been playing... Uh, but, uh, this week we actually have something special. We got a chance to interview, uh, the guys from Ghost Crab Games, uh, Chris Hoops and Dustin Twilly, and, uh, we are going to play that interview, and then we're going to be right back after that. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Jarrett, Joel, and Nick here, and we're here with, uh, Chris Hoops and Dustin Twilly from ghost crab games and tell me i said your name right there you did sounded good <laughs> thank you very much that was a uh a pre-mash cast problem as everybody knows who who listens to this knows i have a problem with that sometimes but uh, how, how are you guys doing doing great i'm doing all right good good now um a couple weeks ago uh i talked about going to the philly game forge and uh, uh chris and dustin are two of the guys that i met there and i got a chance to play their game uh, called Drive to Hell, which uh, which I th- I, th- I liked. I-, I thought I had a- thought I had a lot of potential, and then you know Chris and uh, Dustin were nice enough to send us uh, some early uh, some beta copies, and uh, it's definitely a uh, a marked improvement. Lots of changes as we just talked about, and we'll uh, discuss uh, here on the on the podcast today. Uh, May have kicked my ass all over the neighborhood. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what setting were you on? The normal one? You're really going to make me admit it, aren't you? Yes, it was on normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, you know, I, I, I don't think you can make a, an easy shoot em up. I don't think that's allowed. So No, you should put easy and just black it out. It's like, fuck off, don't play this. <laughs> yeah, we did that, think of that, but we that did want to insult people. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... I think you should. We, we originally had, we were going to have an easy wall. mode sitting up at the top and if you clicked on it something grabbed it and flew away with it like it wasn't there anymore yeah, it just oh, says you win now go play normal <laughs> that would actually be pretty good or just have a, a list of other games they should play like you know my little pony something <laughs> so just put it up there uh but so why don't you guys tell us a, a bit about yourselves like chris uh, and dustin either one of you go first yeah dustin go ahead talk about your uh, game development history my game developer. Well, this is our first like professional Real. thing, yes. I guess. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Um, 
I don't know. I, I've been making um, board games and stuff for a long, long time. I, I mean, Chris and I probably would have gotten into actually making professional stuff earlier, except, uh, I mean, well, we didn't have Unity. Chris didn't uh, know all the coding stuff for that yet. Um, you know, I mean, for the longest time, all I was doing was making, uh, like, maps for, like, the Duke Nukem 3D, Blood, games like that. And yeah. then, so, that's what I've been doing. And then now this is our first uh, real thing. So I've just been doing stuff for that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, my, my uh, coding history is, uh, you know, I came out of college and went straight into web development. Um, and from there, I started doing some mobile stuff. Uh, and like him, you know, not, not as much as him, but, you know, I, I grew up playing and building maps, uh, starting with Doom, Duke 3D, Blood, and uh, Unreal, Unreal Tournament. Um, and then, you know, once I realized, Hey, I really want to try my hand at making games. I took my knowledge I'd know, you know, done from websites and apps and stuff like that. And just kind of transferred them straight over, uh, first to Torque 2D, which is kind of just, uh, kind of learning how engines work and all that. And that was, uh, all Torque script and C++ and that kind of died along with Torque 2D itself. <laughs> um, and then we moved over to Unity, and that's kind of uh, where this all started. Okay, well, at least you could it's it, you could transfer the knowledge over. It wasn't completely useless to you, at least the experience. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole there's a whole thing about you know making games itself, but you know once once you know basic programming fundamentals, a lot of that transfers from one language to another. You know, it's you just have to learn the very specific platform, specific things is, is the biggest thing. That's actually good to know because I, I well. As a, as a hobby, I kind of I do web development myself, and sometimes like man, I should probably learn how to code games, but I don't have any good game ideas. Like I'll think of an idea, I'm like, man, that idea sucks. The best it's, thing I can say for you, the best thing I can say is like try to copy something that you already like. Make like um, a Defender clone. Try to make like Breakout. Try to make you know Space Invaders if you want to just like get your hands dirty. You know, learning some simple C sharp. You know, go that route. Okay, that's that's really good advice because I always tell people like when they ask me about PHP or something like that I tell them well you should just try to build something and then learn from there because I, I learn I'm a hands-on learner myself yeah I mean that's how I that's how I got the job that I currently work uh during the day is I built my own stuff I built uh kind of like a music sharing thing I built a uh, a drink like a mixed drink hosting site where people could like upload their own recipes and stuff like that you know, I learned all kinds of stuff doing that, and then uh, that was all, also able to go to my portfolio and say, "Hey, I built these things. I can do other stuff." Okay. So, well, how how did you and uh, Dustin meet? Have you guys just always been friends, or? Yeah, oh, yeah, we've known each other well, forever, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I first I first met him in kindergarten years and years and years ago. Oh wow, it's uh, one of those. We've been we've been real good yeah, friends like since middle 25 school. Twenty five years or so. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was my best man at my wedding. I was just his best man at his wedding this past October. So, you know, oh. we've been, we've known each other pretty much our entire lives. Okay, that's cool. And congratulations on the wedding. Oh, thank you. A few months late, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it just happened to be that he ended up going into coding, and uh, I'm a graphic designer by trade, so I ended up doing art and music. So it just worked out. Okay. I guess yeah, that's and with you two together. That's I guess that's how you made Ghost Crab games. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
Okay. And and why the name Ghost Crab Games? It uh it wasn't taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh yeah I mean that was we went through that. a lot of names and that wasn't the first one. You know we've always been, we've always been fans of like uh, sea creatures and the shore and all that. And uh, our, our original name was uh, Beast Coast Games, um, but Beast Coast is apparently a popular rap tour, so we decided not to go that route. <laughs> and uh, we just we saw that nothing was taken as far as Ghost Crab goes, and uh, we, you know, we thought it was a good fit. And it's also good to have something that's like that you can use as an avatar, something that can move around, like AT and T. Like, what do you do with the globe except spin it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of limited. Okay. Well, if it works, it works. It yeah, works. exactly. Yeah. Brand recognition, that whole thing. <laughs> well, so, uh, and this, so Drive the Hell, is that, is that your first game as Ghost Crab Games, or have you done others? Uh, it's not the some, first one we started yeah. making, but it's the first one we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Because yeah, we, we had did, a we... thing in um, Torque 2D that we had started on, and we were fooling around with it after we switched over to Unity. And one night, Chris was fooling around. Um, I don't know, were you using like the compass function or something? Yeah, I was trying to make a game where you, uh, you know, you kind of stay in the middle of the screen and use your phone to spin, you know, spin the, your phone around. You would always shoot whatever is up. So you're kind of like using your phone to aim. Is, is that's, that's where uh, Drive to Hell started. Okay, um, so, so the original concept was that the car stays static, but you just move the phone around. Yeah, and then that's that's what we you know I built that in a night, and we kind of went from there. Uh, we we originally started off working uh, on a uh, like an exercise themed uh, runner. Um, that's kind of still on the back burner, uh, and we did a couple of game jam games as well uh, for the Philly Game Forge. But yeah, the Drive to Hell started out as a you know spin your phone to aim type of top-down shooter, and it just kind of evolved from there into what it yeah, is Yeah, I mean, originally it was almost like Asteroids, like in its, in its initial iteration. And then, well, we, for, the, for the runner, we had been messing around with scrolling a background. And we thought, hey, if we scroll a background underneath this guy, it'll look like he's moving down the road. And then it just sort of took off from there. Okay. Yeah, because you know, usually you see you know shoot 'em ups, and they're always either spaceships or uh, magical anime girls on brooms. So, yeah. you know, the fact that it's uh, you know a car is something kind of unique. You don't see a lot. Surprisingly of that. enough, that's that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. car part seems kind of a natural fit for the style. I, I don't know. It seems like a really cool idea that just it makes you wonder why no one thought of it. <laughs> Because they wanted the magical girls on brooms. Oh, that's just that's some crap, though. I don't want to. Uh. Somebody enjoys <laughs> it. That's why there's so many. Drink beers, and these guys have done it. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, we get we get a lot of comparisons, to like Spy Hunter, obviously visually, but how it plays, it's nothing like that. Yeah. It's okay. also not as infuriating as Spy Hunter. So <laughs> unless you're Joel. <laughs> Shut up. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> oh, we will. We will talk about it later. But I, I do like that it has like a. It seems to have a sense of humor about it. Like just watching that opening cutscene. It's like the bars won't up. Screw this. We're going to hell to punish these guys. 
Yeah, and if you go to if you go to our website, you can play the other game jam games we have, and they're all very irre- uh, irreverent in that way. You know, we we like to have a good sense of humor about things. There's no need to be super serious about some shoot 'em up and try to have a deep engrossing story or anything like that. You know, it's all in just good fun. Yeah, it's good because there are some shoot 'em's that definitely take themselves way too seriously or have these like these I guess these stories that they try to make epic like i still don't know the story to ikaruga i have no idea what's going on i know i just, I just like the game yeah i mean uh Cinemora is like one of the biggest examples of that that's a fantastic game but that story is deep and depressing and like oh god impressive in some really strange ways i i that, i like that game like actually I, re- I reviewed it for the site when it came up and that story when i got to the end i'm like wow this is this is awful. Not the story, but what's happening to these people. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, like a, I have one friend, he didn't even under, he could, he, it was hard for him to even follow the story because of, of how it was told and what was going on. And I guess yeah, I, I saw that a lot, you know, because it jumps around different, you know, different players, different, uh, different people's perspectives and different timelines, I think, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, different timelines, and it also threw him for a loop because they were all like animals. So he's like, "I don't get it." And, now, he, and when I told him about how, when I explained it to him, I explained how depressing the game was. He's like, "Wow, this is really terrible." <laughs> but the game is awesome. Like I have it, I have it for my Xbox, I have it for my Vita, and I have it for my phone. But the phone version is not. You ju- you just can't play it on the phone. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I I bought the um, uh, the Raiden collection, uh, Raiden Legacy for my iPhone, and it's it's great. You know, sitting down like I'm playing Raiden just like in the arcades, but uh, it's nearly impossible to get anywhere in that game on a phone. <laughs> yeah, it requires it's too much precision, and not having that like that that feedback from the analog sticks and stuff like that is. Well, I think it's not so much that, but also the fact you have a big fat thumb in the way. You know, there's stuff coming up. There's stuff coming up behind you. So, <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. I don't. Well, for sign more for me, like my like, I, I use a Note too, so my phone is huge anyway. <laughs> but my um, I found that like it's hard. Like you know, you you can't feel when you reach the top of you know, I guess like the axis because your thumb doesn't hit it. So it, it sometimes my thumbs actually slide off of the uh you know the virtual analog sticks because i'm going up too high so in for drive to hell uh the mobile version mm-hmm. uh, i actually solved that problem by it, it there's a infinite there's infinite space for the actual analog pad itself wherever you put your thumb down is where the center of that pad is and it goes out indefinitely from there so anytime you want to reset it, just pick your thumb up and put it back down again, and then you'll, it'll never slip off as long as you're aiming. Well, that's that's yeah, that's a huge problem yeah. solver. That's a great idea. Yeah. I didn't I didn't come up with it, so I can't take, I can't take credit for it, but I implemented uh, it. It works really well. <laughs> <laughs> it works. You did it. It's very nice. So like, what, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm blanking on his name, but uh, that was one of the guys behind Jamestown that uh, gave me that idea. So, uh, okay, I said that's another good shooter. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what were your? I guess sir, I know you said that, that originally you the idea was to have it on the phone and have it static and move the phone around. But what other 
I guess, or ideas that you, or goals that you originally have with the game? <laughs> really, that was that was like the genesis of the idea. I mean, after that, you know, we we wanted kind of the uh, you know typical, you know, easily easily identifiable different types of enemies, so you know exactly how they're going to react. We wanted to have you know different weapons so people could know to uh, you know deploy them and use them against certain enemies, and you know the very basic shoot 'em up type things. Um, after that, it, it's kind of just been nice to have that have expanded out and made the game a lot better that being like the the vehicles with unique abilities uh multiplayer you know uh you know, as soon as we had multiplayer people said oh why can't i slam into each other and like push them around so we made it so that the vehicles have weight and they can like you know the bigger vehicles can push the smaller ones around and all that and then you know now that we're making a game that's a car and not a spaceship there's a connection to the ground that you know that people expect to have. That's when we added the uh, you know the the water in the background slowing cars down when they drive through that. You know because when you're doing stuff with spaceships, it's just kind of or any shoot 'em up. You know even like 1942 and stuff like that, where it's just kind of flying over low ground and you don't have to worry about like oh how is my vehicle interacting with the level at all. Well, with a car, you kind of do, and maybe that's why there's not many car uh, shoot 'em ups. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know these things kind of just sort of present themselves as you're building it and you build a feature and that feature kind of opens its way to more features and we've just kind of gone you know gone like that okay well what kind but, of i'm sorry go ahead you're gonna say something else no, I was gonna say, we have to be careful though because you know feature creep is definitely something we want to try to avoid you know, this is this is meant to be a much smaller project it's kind of blown out yeah, because the, the core game has been done, like, the layout of enemies and stuff has been done for a long time. Okay. And you, yeah, now you just keep adding features based off of the feedback you're getting. We keep adding features and, you know, the fact that we're releasing on all platforms, you know, both iOS and Android in the, in the future, but in the near future, Windows and, you know, OS ten. you know, those are, we're, we're kind of doing everything at once, our first go which is maybe not the smartest thing to do, but that's just kind of <laughs> that's just kind of what's happened, and we're, we're rolling with it, and doing as, you know as best we can. Okay. Well, what kind of um, I guess challenges have you come across while working on Drive the Hell? Besides, you know, cu- keep cu- you keep coming up with new ideas and putting them in. A lot on getting stuff to work on a phone. I have an iPhone four, and like I had no idea. It would be so hard to get stuff working on there because of um, I don't know RAM limitations and whatnot. Because hmm. yeah, his, I mean, his a lot of that stuff you see, you don't got to worry about it. Right. Yeah, when you're dealing with a simple two D, you know, two D game on a, you know most almost all PCs, there's more than enough horsepower to go around. You can you know you can code really poorly and probably have it run super smooth. I'm trying to avoid that, uh, but you know with uh, the phones, you have to be really, really cognizant of, all right, how many sound effects do I have loaded into memory at any one given time? How many uh, texture atlases do I have loaded at any one given time? How much RAM do I really have to work with? You know, yes, the phone has this much, but how much is reserved by the system and how much is allowed to be given to each thing? So especially with the iPhone 4, the original iPhone 4, which is, you know, people still expect to be able to download any game and play it on there. And doubly so with the hundreds of Android devices that are out there, 
it's super, super, super complicated, you know, trying to make sure everything works exactly the same on all these devices. Um, you know, we're, we live in an age where these mobile devices have ridiculous resolutions. You know, the, the, the new iPads and the new Nooks and the new Kindles and all that have resolutions that are better than this 22 inch screen sitting in front of me right now on my desk. Right. So, you know, we, we wanted to be able to have high res artwork, which in a way sort of bit us in the butt when we tried to, you know, optimize it. And we realized at, at one point, oh, hey, this is why when people do kind of pixel art, they make it at like half the resolution or, you know, a quarter of the resolution or an eighth of the resolution and they blow it way up because you can do, you know, you don't have to worry about that if your sprites are super small but now we have these texture atlases that are you know 2048 by 2048 or on the pc they're you know 4096 by 4096 when you know each each of those things takes up a good chunk of ram if it's not compressed in the right way for the right platform and it was just a kind of it was a mess like dealing with you know basically just resource limitations was was the biggest hurdle and just learning how to take care of that I think now we've got a pretty good handle on it. That hasn't been a problem for months. You know, well, once, once, we, once we learned the limitations of all the platforms, we kind of knew what to do ahead of time. We could just roll with it. And, you know, now it's fine. Okay. Uh, do you see, like, the same resource limitations on iOS devices and Android devices? Or are Android devices a bit more, I guess, lenient or open? Um, no, it, 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 it really is the same. Uh, the thing with Android devices is more you have to worry about all the crazy different resolutions. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the game is built, the game as it is right now is built, so it should be able to run perfectly fine at whatever resolution. Everything should scale and move around the screen and all that. You know, that's definitely, and that's an issue we had when I was just making mobile applications. We had to do something that was portable for both, or port, you know, porting something between iOS and Android. Now you have, you know, there, there might be five different iOS resolutions but 50 different Android resolutions you have to try to support. That's kind of a big deal and a major hassle you have to learn to overcome. Okay. Well, how do you, I guess, overcome something like that? That's, uh, we've heard from a lot of developers that, uh, I guess, their the biggest hurdle in terms of Android devices, how many there are and getting it to work properly on all of them, if, if, if that's even possible. Um, well, it's... I want to say it's impossible to get to say it's going to work perfectly on everything because there is some, you know, there are some cheap, extremely rip-off Android devices out there that were never meant to run things well. They're just there to show people are tricked into buying these, you know, Walmart brand whatever tablets right. or you know, you know. So, you know, what I did when I was doing, well, working with Dustin, when we were setting up these, you know, texture atlases and trying to figure out all this stuff, I kind of mapped out, here's what the minimum specs we're going to support are. Let's make sure everything fits here. And when we do our testing, we test it, like, basically in the worst possible scenarios. On iOS, that being his original iPhone 4, you know, and I kind of have some old Android devices lying around that I tested on here myself. Okay. Um, and then we also have some newer things. The newer stuff, it's it's easier. You know, if it runs on old hardware, on like really garbage resolutions, it's definitely going to work on the newer stuff. Okay. 
But the, like, so you, you've overcome that at this point. I guess going in the future, it wouldn't be that big of an issue for you either. Yeah, no, I think I think we know exactly what to do. And, you know, I, I screwed up a couple times. You know, I gave him like, hey, here's going to be our minimum spec. We'll based around this. And then I realized, oh, man, there's these new Android devices out that are actually this wide. And, hey, you mind redrawing a bunch of stuff? Sorry about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's that's happened my, a few my that's silent a few times <laughs> yeah so uh you know that, that's that's definitely happened and the, the going forward we're gonna know how to plan out a lot of things much much better compared to this one all right let's uh let's talk about the gameplay a bit um we just had our first chance to play it well this is my second chance to play it, but joel and nick had their first chance to play it today uh, so, I guess uh, I want to ask, because some games, they're definitely, uh, you could definitely tell they're made so that they, uh, it's easier for people to get into it, for them to, to uh, hop in and enjoy the game. But for more advanced players, that's kind of that can be kind of a turnoff. So, your game, are you aiming it more toward, I guess, people who are more experienced at games like this, or do you want to try to attract new people? Uh, yeah, because this game. game does not screw around from what <laughs> I played. There is no screwing around whatsoever. It's like, oh yeah, you can shoot these guys, but if you start screwing up, you're dead, and you can just shut the fucking game off. <laughs> uh, Dustin, want to speak to balance a bit? Well, there's a little bit, there's like some dissonance there, because I, I played the game so much in mm-hmm. testing, I have a very skewed perception of like how hard it actually is. Does oh, I imagine. Sense? Yeah, I mean, you... <laughs> You've tested your own game like hundreds of times. I mean, you must know like enemy layouts and just about any the right thing. Yeah, the right yeah. Time. I mean, just just this week we were. I was asking Chris, should we make, should we take out the hardest difficulty and just make that the third one and make the hard mode harder? And that's just, you know, an example of me having played it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done this with the uh, the PC version, but with the mobile one. Uh, a good test would be I give this game to my dad and see how long he lasts because um, he, he he hasn't played games since the original Nintendo. So, you know, if he can survive through one level, I think it's balanced pretty well. Like uh, the lowest of the low is going to be OK with it. Um, but with I think with shooters, you know, we want we want this to be challenging. We don't want it to be too easy because I, th- I think if things are too easy, they're just not interesting. You know, it gets real boring real fast. Yeah. Um, even, even if you like a game's mechanics, if it's too easy for me, it, it's kind of a turnoff. Um, plus, when you're making a shoot 'em up, you know the shoot 'em up fan base is really into extreme, extreme challenges. And I'm not even going to pretend that we're going anywhere near the level of bullet hell. Uh, Tohu game, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, you know all those you know really tough games. Um, but you know I, I want to be able to present a challenge. That people feel like they can learn and then overcome and enjoy, and then if they feel up to it, you know, bump it up to the next difficulty and keep going like that. You know, it's it's a very kind of, you know, it's a bit of an old school mentality to uh to games. Okay, now I know um like uh in the beginning when we first started, there's a there's a lot of instructions to go through. Uh, at least that's what it felt like. Uh, but then when I got to the boss, unless maybe I just skipped over it in the instructions, but when I got to the boss, I, it 
you know, it took me a minute to realize that only the special weapons were hurting the boss. So, I mean, did you put those instructions to begin to just kind of get people started and as the game continues, you want them to learn on their own? Or uh, did I miss something and that was in the instructions too? <laughs> no, that's, it's not. It's, it's, uh, we want people to be able to experiment and kind of find that stuff out for themselves. You know, the, the bosses each have a particular mechanic that you have to figure out and exploit. Um, and the instructions at the beginning are kind of just a very, very basic, you know, basic overview of more of the controls than anything else. You know, if you've played them and shoot them up, you'll be able to play this. You know, aim, shoot, use your different weapons, go and blast stuff, pretty much. All right. Now, uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast, and one of the things I noticed uh, with this build is that, you know, when you get your your combo, your your multiplier up, you actually start to shoot faster, which is a mechanic I really like because it adds strategy and it kind of it forces you to be good. You know, puts you into a bad position, uh, especially in some parts of of these levels where you just bombarded with enemies uh, before you even realize that they're surrounding you. Uh, and I mean, what what other kind of I guess mechanics can game uh, people expect to see? You know, besides that one. Well, the uh, the vehicle abilities uh, are something that I think really play off. You know, some you know we want to be able to people to say, hey, pick a car. This has, you know, this car has these stats, you know, it shoots, you know, this power bullet, it has this much health, it's this size, it can move this speed. But then we want people to say, hey, you know, I really like the prox mines, I can just kind of blast out these mines everywhere and things running into them, you know, run into them as they will. Uh, or the, uh, uh, the, you know, the bubble shield that people can lay down and kind of like if they're playing multiplayer, it's sort of a, it's sort of a support class where everyone can kind of huddle inside the shield and be... Mm-hmm. Know, protected from damage like i think the uh i think that's uh, vehicle abilities really kind of lend a little bit of extra strategy to the game on top of the standard weapons okay and uh hold on say i think we lost joel nope i'll oh, bounce back on there. There. Yeah, he, <laughs> okay he's back yeah i saw i saw his uh i saw him sitting there uh well his uh, his bubbles going up uh but like i was gonna say um the, the the cars, the additional cars, because when I played it before, there was only one vehicle available. Uh, now, are, will they be unlocked from the start, or is that something that you have to unlock as you can as you go along? Uh, no, that's what the that's what the, uh, the people will collect the coins to uh, purchase the cars. Okay. Uh, there's only gonna, there's only going to be the uh, the first car, the Libra muscle car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the starter car, and then from there on, they'll have to unlock them themselves. Okay, but you all and you also have. Um... The coins also allow you to continue if you die. Uh, not in the PC version. That is that's, a. Uh, it's a remnant of the mobile build. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, you were wondering about that. Yeah, because it felt like the it felt like the the coins are really generous. You know. Yeah, it's like it's like it sounds. I saw on the menus that you could buy coins, but then they were just getting dumped on me. It's like I, I wasn't sure what the point of them was, or at least the point of being able to buy them. Now the, yeah. the how to play stuff is also um, part of the mobile build because it doesn't mention using nitros to speed up or any of that stuff. So, right, yeah, oh yeah, I actually didn't see that where it says to tap each uh, like the power ups when you want to use them, uh, but I quickly found out that's not how you do that. <laughs> yeah, there are there are still some placeholder assets or not placeholder, but there are still some mobile assets in there. We'll have to be we'll have to update uh, real soon. Uh, the instructions and the, the coins and all that. But yes, 
uh, currently you'll, you'll have to uh, unlock different vehicles and then we might add some extra things people can buy with those coins later uh, but right now it's, it's going to be the vehicles okay well how many levels are there to drive to hell uh, 25 oh 25 uh, okay. there's, there's 25 stages there's 5 levels each with 5 stages and uh, the last stage of each level is the boss fight okay and so if if uh if players don't want to uh, spend money on the gold coins, like how long would it usually take for them to unlock one of the vehicles? Um, if if they're so, decent, let's say they're decent. If they suck, I mean that's their own fault. But let's say they're, <laughs> let's say well, they're decent not, at the game. Well, there are there is no there are no like microtransactions or anything like that in. Oh, okay. So there, you, there's no way to even pay for the coins. No, that's that's again, that's a holdover. the 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 mobile version was originally was was planned to be free to play, and that's currently what it's going to be. Okay. Um, but no, the 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 PC version is going to be definitely you buy it once, and that's the game. There there are there are no microtransactions for throw that out the window. Um, okay. But no, we, we we want people to be able to uh, you know unlock at least a couple vehicles fairly easily. You know, be a couple levels, you know, save up some coin. But then we have some of the more powerful ones that are going to be hidden away that are going to take at least playing through the game completely once, you know, in order to save up that cash. So we, we, want, to, we want to spread it out a bit. Okay, gotcha. And I imagine like, getting the, the more advanced vehicles will help you on the, on the, the harder levels. Like if you, oh, yeah. You don't want somebody to have that going through normal because then Joel, somebody like Joel, will be able to get through the first couple stages, you know? Yeah, Someone for needs example, to shut the hell up. <laughs> well, they're, they're all pretty balanced, honestly. Uh, yeah, a, a while ago, we had one. A, uh, one that looked like a truck, and people kept Aries. choosing it because I guess they liked the way it looked, and it was really one of the worst um, vehicles at that point. <laughs> right, I did, yeah. I, I did notice that most of them, like, you know, they, they, if they had low life, they had high damage or, you know, something like that. Uh, but there were some that seemed, well, at least for me, seemed to work out a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more, it's a little more balanced now. Yeah, okay. Scorpio, the Indy car, is the you know has the least amount of health, but it has the most powerful shot. So as long as you can avoid things, you know, and his special ability is all about avoidance. Uh, you can take things down very quickly. Um, but the uh, the buggy, for instance, is probably the most powerful car. Just all around, it doesn't have a lot of health, but its its abilities, uh, you know, just its stats are really, really good. Okay. Now, actually, there's one question I want to ask, and uh, I think I already know the answer. But do, do you guys have any plans, or even any desire, to release on the Windows Store? Um. Yeah. If if it's uh, something that that can be done without, you know, a, a huge amount of headache. Uh, I've got no problem with that. I know Unity, you know, has support for that and does like native uh, exports for it. I don't see why that would be an issue. Hmm. Well, I know for like, I guess if somebody had a Surface Pro, they could just use whatever version you put on PC and put it on there. Uh, but I guess uh, for the RT, I'm not sure how big of a difference it would be from a coding perspective. I uh, don't. I don't know if any. Unity stuff supports the RT operating system. At least I, I haven't been aware of that because uh, that, that's a, that's a fundamental. You know, having it run on the ARM processor, I, I don't. 
I don't know. I, I couldn't. I can't answer that. I don't know. Um, aren't they kind of uh, abandoning the RT though? Isn't, isn't that sort of like falling by the wayside? I think they they definitely uh, put more. Uh, I know they put more marketing into the pro because that's. I know a couple people who have pros and they love them. But I but you know I've talked to a few people who have RTs and they like them too. <laughs> um, I just I think there's no real reason for a lot of people to switch over, and that's their biggest problem. They're not giving people a reason. Um, sure. But the 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 the, the, <gasps> the surface they just released the two a couple months ago, and it, I guess it's doing all right. I haven't heard anything bad about it. But I guess we'll find out when they do their year end. Yeah, no, I, I have no problem with publishing on the Windows Store. Um, as far as you know, natural porting to RT, that's something I, I really couldn't speak to. Uh, you know, same with you know, people ask us about doing a Linux oh, port as well. Okay. You know, that's something I plan on doing possibly. Okay. Uh, but it's just kind of it's just my inexperience with that. You know, saying it's it's te- it's more tentative than Windows and OS ten. Right, I gotcha. I know, yeah. I have, that, there's only there's only one game I can even name that's on the RT, and that's the Halo, the new Halo, the Spartan Wars, or whatever it's called. It's like Spartan Wars, right? Halo yeah, Wars. that's the. Yeah, old. yeah. I heard uh, I heard mixed things about that. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, that's the only game I know they came out for it. So. Oh, did they do? A, did Skulls of the Shogun get an RT release? They it did. Okay. I'm asking. I don't know. I don't, uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure, but it might have. That's Microsoft Studios. That would actually make a really good touch game. Now that I think about it, well, it's on it's on the surf it's on the Surface Pro. I know that, right? And it's on like a iPhone and everything. Hmm. I wish I have a, I have I have a laptop of eight point one. I wish I had to boot it up because I could check the store and let you know. But <laughs> probably. Well, there's always Solitaire and Minesweeper, so yeah, they're staples. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, they count as games, man. That's when when they do their game studies, like you know, who's playing games. They count those solitaire and minesweeper. So there they go. But okay, I, uh, Joel, you have any other questions? Um, the enemy design, like I've seen a lot of crazy stuff in there, but like the enemies just seem really kind of outlandish and goofy. Where on earth did you come up with those things? <laughs> I was just fooling around in Photoshop. <laughs> oh yeah, well, just yeah. sticking stuff together, trying to make some like, crazy stuff. I'm like, I'm the guy in high school who was drawing in his notebook instead of paying attention. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there you go. Okay, cool. Oh, oh yeah, he's looking he's... super goofy. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, hey, Dustin's Dustin's been doing you know crazy monsters and stuff like that for years. You know, mm-hmm. and that's. Kind of what he cut his teeth on with, you know, making up games we played years and years and years ago, like in his parents' basement, was coming up with these outrageous like space monsters and things like that. So that's 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 kind of his bread and butter. That's what he likes to do. Awesome. I'll admit, like, I think Joel's right. The designs were kind of goofy, except I guess like the main enemy, the one that blew up, that blows up the bar, he kind of skews me out. <laughs> I guess it's just, it's just that look doesn't doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little it's a little strange to look at. Okay, and one more question. Sure. What in the hell am I supposed to do about the red enemies? Because I've been shooting the dinks and they keep blowing up and shooting like their bullets everywhere in like a circle, and I always eat the hit without fail. Most times I, I try not to, to shoot them at all unless they're one of the ones that follows you. Yeah. 
there have been ones that have like home right in on me. I was like, ah, uh, I, I just to yeah, time it? Just, like, get, away, just get away as far as possible before you blow them up. Yeah, you're you're you just can. since they spread out in a fan, your best bet is to shoot them um, at a distance and give yourself time to go in between. Thank you. I'm sorry I had to ask for like hot tips over the freaking call about it, but <laughs> well, usually, <laughs> usually what I'll do is like you'll want to shoot them when you're on the near the bottom of the screen and then use your nitro ability to shoot yourself up to the top so that you're far away from the spread. Yeah, and the uh, certain certain uh, weapons, the god hand and the bomb will clear the screen of bullets. So you can use that if you want to try to save yourself a hit or use the uh, the buggy's ability to shrink yourself makes it really easy to avoid stuff like that as well. <laughs> All good, Joel. Uh, you all patched up now you're gonna be okay well i'm gonna try it <laughs> let me know let me know how it goes i'm definitely curious i'll tell you if i continue to suck ass all over the neighborhood at your game <laughs> okay so uh when can uh when can we expect ride to hell to be to be released for real drive to hell Drive to hell, God, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we not ride to hell, not ride to hell we, because we go ahead. mixed that up a couple of times, and we are very sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is unfortunate sorry. timing for us, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> that game is a train wreck. As well, have you, guys, have you guys have you guys played Ride to Hell Retribution? No, I heard enough before it came out. <laughs> I was good. Uh, if, if you hate someone, gift them that game on Steam. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> mm. I actually, I kind of if it's, I kind of want to try just see how bad it is. I need to see if it's worse than Dark. Did you guys play Dark? Was that the the vampire stealth game? Yes, yes. I didn't play. I've heard of it. Uh, I think I, I, th I think I'd say it's worse. I think it's more broken than. So. Really? Oh God, Jared! I think we need to try it. I think so because it's, I we I don't think much is worse than Dark. Me and we and Joel both played Dark and. Oh, it it's 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 so bad. Not like the 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 I guess the scene of it or the the plot is like Blade fan fiction. <laughs> Which is it was Blade fan fiction. Yeah, it was it's like, fucking Blade fan fiction dot UK and hopes to get on board, but then does not succeed. Yeah, I've really. I, we could talk about that after this podcast because it, it is something else. <laughs> but, uh, people can expect to be able to see Drive to Hell uh, yeah. very soon. Uh, we hope to have it released uh, within the next couple of weeks, hopefully within a month on, on PC and OS X, and then uh, for Android and iOS uh, following shortly after that. Okay, great. And so in the you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, and Google+. Plus, right? So that's, that's correct. As a twitter.com slash ghostcrabgames. And also Facebook.com slash Ghost Crab Games and uh, uh, Twitter.com slash Ghost Crab Games. Yeah. yeah. And, and plus.google.com slash Ghost Crab Games. And they could follow. You'll have, I guess you have like screenshots and videos and things like that on uh, on your Facebook and Twitter. And they can, you know, people can get updates. Yeah, they can go to drivethehell.com, uh, check out video and screenshots there. Okay. Yeah. So remember, uh, sorry, you, you, you kind of dropped out there for a second. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, you, I, I was just saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, remember, it's drive to hell, not ride to hell. Do not Google ride to hell. <laughs> it's drive to hell, folks. 
All right, so uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap us up here. And uh, we I thank you, Chris and Dustin, for coming on and talking about ri- uh, Drive to Hell, Jesus. <laughs> now it's in my head. <laughs> talking about Drive to Hell, we really appreciate the time uh, that you're spending uh, with us here to talk about the game. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, it's no problem at all. All right, so uh, we'll get back to the uh, the rest of the Mashcast now. We will catch you guys later. Have a good one. All right, all right later. All right, once again, that was Chris and Dustin from Ghost Crab Games, uh, and they were talking about their game Drive to Hell, not to be confused with Ride to Hell. God, we confused that a lot. Yeah, not to be confused with Ride to Hell, Drive to Hell, which uh, you can look forward to on your mobile devices and PC uh, sometime in the near future. And we'd like to thank them once again for coming on the show and, and talking to us about Drive to Hell. Yeah, hopefully you guys play it better than I was. Yeah, because Joel, he's just not hes not that dude in this game. No, goddamn embarrassing. I wish <laughs> I'd stop bringing it up. <laughs> so I think Joel likes it a little bit. I think I do. Do you like me some hard games? Yeah. They don't like me back. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the hard games love nobody. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Uh, but yeah, so it's been a few weeks uh, since we did a match cast. That was not our intent. It's just uh, holiday season, people all over the place, and yeah. uh, just a set of unfortunate circumstances yeah, happening and that... over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and that friends and family crap. We yeah. were only like worse, terrible loners. We've had a much easier time. Yeah, so. Uh, there are a few things we do want to touch on to kind of, you know, it's actually kind of a dead season in the game industry, not the games industry, but in the games news industry. Um, so there, there isn't a whole bunch of stuff to catch up on, but there are a few points that we thought uh, were interesting and we want to talk about to, uh, I guess, kind of get the new year kicked off. And then uh, this Thursday we'll have our mash cast proper and, and go from there. But there are a couple things that happened and we want to talk about them. First up is NVIDIA at CES. Two things uh, that kind of struck my attention. Uh, one, the PC to TV streaming through the Shield. Uh, and I think we already knew that NVIDIA was working on streaming to the to the Shield itself from your PC, like PC streaming to the Shield. Uh, but... And I can't remember if they made an announcement that they said they were going to do it with the TV, but this is this was new information to me that they were going to stream to your TV, um, which this kind of... I'm not going to say it, it takes the sales out of the Steam box, but for somebody like me, it kind of kind of does. I don't know about you guys, because uh, the I was never really interested in the Steam box in terms of having like a powerful PC to hook up to my um, to my actual television. The only thing about the Steam Box that I was interested in was streaming my PC to the TV. You got something to say, Nick? Well, I was going to say what really took the sales out of the Steam Box for me were the prices that they mentioned. I think they were ranging from, what, like 600 up to like $1,400? So, yeah. I mean, how much does the, uh, the the Shield's only, what, like 250 250 or 300 I think it's 300 So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a device that'll stream... Um, you know, stream from your PC to your 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 TV. Um, you know, I mean, you figure what it, most most laptops you know have HDMI out now. So if you don't have one of those, um, and even then, laptops cost more than two fifty three hundred. 
yeah, the shield is actually a good value if if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, actually, I got a chance to play the shield at PAX last year, and I was really impressed. I, I talked about it on on that show on our on our PAX post show, and I was actually pretty impressed with the shield, and it felt really nice. And I was actually considering to getting one, and this may actually help with that. Uh, this may help. Uh, uh, push my forward, my purchase forward. Now, I will say one thing: I'm not desperately seeking a way to play my PC games on my television. Um, like I don't play my games on my largest television. Uh, I think I talked about this before. Like, I even moved my PS3 back to my smaller television because that's how I play games. That's how I, I like to be able to see the entire screen at one time. I don't want to have to move my head around. Uh, that's why I, I usually do pretty well in games. But some people do. But like I said. It wasn't. It's not a big push for me to play my my uh, my games on my on my TV. But I mean, I can't imagine it'll be nice sometimes, especially since it will look nicer playing my PC games on my television than even an Xbox One or a PS4 at this point. So yeah, this is something I'm definitely looking into. But then again, with when it comes to the Steam boxes, I mean, somebody could make a Steam box that's strictly for streaming your library, you know, for like a hundred dollars. That's very is, possible. Is that really a steam box though? Cause I mean, that, if it uh, has Linux OS on it, yeah, it's a steam box. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. I would posit that part of the, part of what makes a steam box, a steam box is that you're, it's not just for streaming is that it, it does play its own games. And I don't know if, I don't know if they, they really be able to hit that for, for the price you're suggesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think a Steam box is a Steam box just because it can play games. Um, I think a Steam box is a Steam box because it has running Steam OS on it. You know, and you hook it up to your television. That's that's what I think constitutes a Steam box to me. I suppose what we really what really matters is whether or not Valve thinks it's a Steam box and actually puts the label on it. I guess so. I don't even know if Valve is Valve really regulating Steam boxes like. Are they? Are, is there going to be like an official Steambox seal of approval? Because anybody can get a hold of Linux OS, of the uh, Steam OS. Well, they have partners, but yeah, I guess as far as how how integrated they are with those partners, um, I know they talked about you know they they had a they had a little bit of a presentation there. I think what uh, Gabe came up and spoke for about seven minutes, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember much of what Gabe he said about. Gabe shouldn't be speaking anywhere. Gabe should be working on Half Life Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Gabe should be doing. Just saying. But yeah, so the Shield going to be able to stream PC games to your TV. I didn't see anything, um, anything saying that it was going to be restricted to NVIDIA cards. So I'm hoping it's not, because right now I'm not supporting NVIDIA cards, even though my next set of cards will be NVIDIA cards. But we'll see. We shall uh, see soon. But yeah, that's one thing we thought was interesting. Uh, the other thing we thought was interesting was the new 192 core Tegra K1, which is supposed to bridge the graphics between PC, uh, between, um, PC and mobile. Uh, which... I mean, to a degree, I mean, like, if you have a mobile chipset that can play PC graphics, I mean, the next wave of PC games or PC graphics cards will probably be, you know, be better than 
you know, what she's seeing there. But the important thing, or the, I guess the, the important thing here is that, uh, according to NVIDIA, this is going to give you the same type of graphics that you see on the, P on the PS4 and the Xbox One, which is very believable. Uh, it's very believable that they can hit that uh, with what they're with what they're trying to do here, and um, I don't know. Like last generation, a lot of people were talking about how mobile graphics were catching up, and ours our biggest argument was, well, in the next gen, the mobile graphics will be you know the mobile graphics will be stuck at like PS three Xbox levels for a while, and then eventually they'll they'll go up. But this is like as soon as we jump to the next gen, Nvidia already has something ready <laughs> ready to go for that so are the uh the, the the mobile device fears actually valid well if you look at what they're doing with the shield where your mobile device can also output to a tv fundamentally doesn't it isn't it i mean they, they've already kind of got the the established uh, infrastructure to really rival a console um, that if you've got graphics that are as good as what's on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, and you can output that to your TV, um, is, to a degree, I mean, I, I guess at the moment that's not so bad, and I guess really what it comes down to is the, the gaming experiences as far as, you know, can you, you know, can you have the same depth of a game running off that little device, uh, you know, streaming issues from your PC aside. Um, you know, really, what what's going to differentiate the consoles from the Shield besides Connect? Huh. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know. I don't can I don't haven't seen anything saying that you can connect a controller to the Shield like wirelessly because the Shield for it to play on the television has to be hooked up to said TV. Yes, but it it functions as the controller in that case. You just close the screen and you're still. How you long? Just, I mean, how long of an HDMI cable? are you going to have sprawled across your living room? Really? I mean, you, you, I'd say most cables are what a good six feet. And I mean, that's not, that's not that long, but that's kind of the length we used to have to work with back in the, the olden days of what, like 2000 when, you know, when our consoles, TVs weren't 55 inches. Well, that's also, no, but uh, you know, our consoles had cables that we had to have our controllers connected to. Yes. Very true. On like, 36 inch televisions <laughs> and that's if you were a baller <laughs> you know if you were a baller you had a 36 inch tv big ass round screen yeah can't see it from the sides so if oh, anything, those things weigh like 800 the, pounds <laughs> no no but if anything this just means that the experience of playing with the shield with the thing closed you know connected via hdmi cable is even more immersive more immersive <laughs> Like an IMAX theater in your home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not necessarily buying that. I mean, if they had some type of wireless HDMI, I think that'll be that would be more of a. Uh, well, for the device would probably be way more expensive, but that would um. That would be way more helpful. Like for the Shield to be able to, I guess, really emulate an Xbox One or a PS4, you would need. To be able to connect a, a controller wirelessly to the shield, in my opinion. Other than that, it'd be kind of kludgy. Don't you think? Could you, could you stream? Now this, this is. I, I think I'm putting an extra step in here, but couldn't you stream from your PC to the shield to the TV, but then still have a controller plugged into your PC 
Yes, but where's your PC in relation to the actual fucking uh, uh, TV? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't quite know. Yeah, I said I think there's an extra step in there. I don't think that actually makes sense. I was like, this is your scenario, Nick. I know, I know. And I'm, <laughs> this is your I scenario. I think it's one of those things where it's like, we can do it, but should we do it? <laughs> Jurassic Park applied to consoles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, you know, uh, the the one thing that's really stuck out in my mind here, which is why I actually wanted to talk about it, was that Epic has already announced they're bringing the Unreal 4 engine to the Tegra K1. And that says a lot. Because UE4 isn't even available on the Wii U. Aww. I thought we were talking about consoles. Oh, come on. It's not available no. on the Wii U because they yeah. put, according to them, well, actually, did they say the Wii U lacked the power this time? I know they definitely said that with the Wii. It was a power issue with the Wii. But the Wii U, they they did not plan on bringing the like, UE4 support to it at all. And now they're bringing it to the Tegra, like the, the K1. Your mobile phone's gonna have UE4 style graphics. Jesus Christ! I don't see nobody buying no, no, uh, no shields that have uh, Mario and Luigi sp- splattered all over them. That's very true. <laughs> Once again, Nick, the master of bringing shit up we don't talk about on this podcast. I got a new 3DS, and I got instead of getting the Zelda one, I got the Mario Luigi special edition one. So it's like silver, and it has Mario and Luigi etched on the front of it. Now, getting back to the story. <laughs> that <laughs> no, explained that. Well, no, my, point, my point is just that Nintendo is is such their own entity at this point that to, to kind of bring them into the conversation, it, it, I don't, it doesn't matter. They're doing their own thing. They don't care. They don't care about the Unreal 4. They don't care about, you know, fancy graphics. They just want to do their own shit and be done with it. And I mean, if, if you kind of look at it where there's like a race of you know, if you were to like do like a chart of like power for consoles, you know, versus mobile devices versus Nintendo devices, like Nintendo and consoles would kind of be neck and neck. And then over the last few generations, they, Nintendo would be petering out and going at a very low slope, whereas, uh, you know, the consoles would still be going up you know, linear, linearly. And then the mobile devices, would they'd be exponential, like they'd really start off weak. And then over the last few years, they've just skyrocketed past everybody. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, Nintendo's not in this race, it, and ultimately, what's going to happen is you know the uh, mobile devices are just going to outpace the consoles just because they don't update that often. I well, mean, really, we're we're going to need to see another uh, the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Xbox Pie by like what like twenty <laughs> sixteen? Yeah. Well, here's the thing: like, I when when the mobile devices when they when their power was like skyrocketing. Uh, you know, like through the, throughout the 2000s, I wasn't that surprised because the graphical levels they were coming to were were old to us. Like when they hit PS2 graphical levels, we had the 360, we had the PS3, PC gaming had already surpassed both of those. You know, and then you know this year, not this year, but like you know for the last few years, you've had mobile devices that were able to output the same graphics as like the Xbox 360 and the PS4, but who I wasn't really surprised by that because those gra- like those were like what 2005, 2006 level graphics. But now like the next gen consoles just came out and Nvidia's like that's okay, we got something we're already there. And you're right. They will probably their 
are they are going to follow the PC like graphical, you know, like the, the graphic spec or you know the the PC bar I should call it versus the console bar, and they will outpace the Xbox, sorry, the Xbox One and the PS4. And with as much money as Nintendo, as I was say Nintendo, but um, Sony and Microsoft, especially Microsoft, have spent on these consoles. There's no way they're giving us new consoles in the next four years. No way. Well, I think here's what actually what what, what you're, you're talking about, especially bringing the PC into this, really starts to make me wonder, is that you kind of have the consoles, and they, they're almost sort of the, the standard bearer. That it's, they're sort of you know widely consumed. And so when, you know, g- developers are making games, they kind of, you know, let the console version set the bar. And they might have higher resolution options available for the PC gamers who are, are, are in the minority. But, they, you know, they may make options for them. But generally, you don't see them developing, like, an insanely detailed co- PC game, you know, and leaving the console game to be fairly generic. Um, you know, usually, they're, you know, usually if you're going to see, like, an awesome PC game, it's just for the PC. And so what I'm wondering here now is if you've got this mobile that is actually even better than what the consoles can offer, are you, one, does this offer us the possibility then to see games that come out for multiple platforms such that, you know, now it's going to be like, well, actually, we're going to be making games for your mobile device that are actually less graphically capable than what it can be because we're going to be holding back a little bit because we also have to release it on console or are they just going to be like you know what we'll screw the consoles we're just going to release for the pc and the mobile device and they're left to their own because when you talk you know you always hear people saying you know this could be the last generation of consoles and this might be the moment when that sort of you know that fatal blow is struck and you know because one you know once there's no once they don't feel a need to sort of you know develop the consoles as much i mean you know effectively at that point the consoles become nintendo to you know the mobile market and the pc market as nintendo is to everybody else and while nintendo is very comfortable living in their little own niche uh, i don't think that's what sony or microsoft want they 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 don't because they can't survive in a niche like that like both sony and microsoft need to have mass appeal Nintendo's surviving the way they are, one, because they've been keeping the cost down on their consoles. Like, even the Wii U, like, the, the Wii, uh, I think they either broke even on the Wii U, or they just didn't make that much on the on the device itself. Uh, but with the Wii, like, they made a profit on every Wii that came out from day one, and they vastly outsold Microsoft and Sony. And, I mean, Nintendo, you're right, it lives in its own world. Like, if if Sony and Microsoft specifically had to live off of their first-party titles, they couldn't do it. Even Sony, with the great first-party titles they have, I don't think they could do it. But, like, you know, Nintendo, like, you people buy Nintendo consoles for their first-party titles. Like, specifically, for a Mario game. But, um... Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't I don't think that 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 can really happen. Like they wouldn't survive in that space if that did happen. Uh, I think they did set up the new consoles. Well, Microsoft I think was really heavily relying on that cloud technology. They're really relying on that cloud technology uh, for the additional power and computations. And I don't know how well that's going to work now since they're kind of uh, stepping back from what they wanted to do in the first place, because they didn't communicate it properly. Which we can go back to their terrible marketing conversation again if you want to. I don't know. I've done that enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one other quick question, though. Um, AMD does the uh, does the the, the 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 chips for the current uh, the Xbox One and the and the uh, the PS4, right? That's correct. So isn't this kind of like one big fu from Nvidia? Like you didn't get us involved this time, so we're just gonna make you obsolete. Uh, I guess kinda. I mean, it, there would have to there have there would have to be a huge shift in, I guess, like dynamics for like mobile to really pose a threat to consoles for gamers. Because the thing is, like the 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 game the gamers that mobile that I guess mobile attracts most, or I guess like the mass appeal that mobile games have, those types of people, I don't think they really care about graphics. Like graphic, graphical fidelity, like the 3D like that, they really don't care. The most popular like iPhone games, actually has there even been a really popular 3D iPhone game? Uh, Infinity Blade was probably the biggest thing on phones that like looked decent. At least the only one I know of. Yeah, to my knowledge, most of the stuff is like 2D or cartoonish, you know, stuff like that. Some stuff that doesn't really really rely on being heavily powered. So I don't I don't know. I I just don't. I, I'm curious to see what's gonna happen. Curious to see what's gonna happen. Uh, but I will not be the one sounding the death horn for consoles. Uh, even though surprisingly, I haven't seen anybody else do that either. I was so after this article came out, I when this news came out, I was totally expecting to hear somebody oh, new consoles are out, but they can't keep up with the graphics. Blah blah blah, they're dying. You know, Michael Pactor saying something that I was going to disagree. Yeah, he's with. usually tripping over himself to say shit like that. Yeah, it was the holidays. He, he he's on break. He'll be back later. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So there's one other thing that came up at CES. Actually, I'm sorry. There's two other things that came up at CES. One being PlayStation Now. Uh, Sony announced their their game streaming service, which shouldn't be surprising anybody because they already they hinted at it. They hinted at um, the fact that they were going to be there was you're going to be able to stream your PS3 games, and here it is. It's called PlayStation Now. Uh, now, according to this release here, you'll be, you'll be able to either rent. Uh, specific titles that you're interested in, and they also offer a subscription service where you'll be able to um, explore a range of titles. And this is where me and Nick start to disagree. I'll let Nick go first. Worried about wording here. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think the issue here is that we don't have all the information. Um, but my understanding of the service, at least how uh, I think it's being looked at by a lot of people, is that it's it's intended to sort of be like a Netflix for games. Um, as much as Gamefly sort of originally fulfilled that purpose, um, but here now, I mean, you know, if you look at what Netflix has done in transitioning from DVDs through the mail to offering all this content, you can just download, you know, when, when you want it on demand. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's kind of how a lot of people are looking at this service. Uh, so that it's such that, you know, the, in, well, I guess as far as the range of games, which we have to see how Sony determines that, um, but that those games being available, you know, you know, you pay your monthly fee into the service and you have access to that entire library um, on, you know, without much information that sounds 
you know, that sounds pretty impressive. Um, you know, I don't know many people who, you know, what's the average, you know, console library that people accrue over time? What, 20, 30 games? Um, so even if, <laughs> well, unless you unless you, <laughs> 20 well, no, games, but I, poor people. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, at the very least, there are very few people who have a large, large library of games, and, and you know, you can sit there and say, oh, I can plug my PS2 in, or at this point now, I can plug my PS3 in, and you know, and play games from that era. But now, you know, the theory here is that you would have access to the entire library from that era, or at least most of it. Uh, and I, I think that's really sort of the point of contention is how restrictive is Sony going to be by saying a range of games? Because it could be – they might be saying like it will be the entire library minus a few specific games here or there. Or it might be the kind of thing where you know month to month they have a differing – you know, they, they, they keep changing the offering. So you know maybe this month it's like all the God of War games are available. So you can play those and the next month they go away and now you're going to get you know some Call of Duties and some, you know, some other stuff. And so – you know, it could it could theoretically cycle like that. Um, I you know that's something that we'll need to see. Uh, but fundamentally, it, 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 I think if you're interested, you know, I mean, I mean, one of the things I know I did when I got my Wii was I started going through and buying all the old Nintendo games I used to have. Um, you know, maybe there's a point at which, you know, the the there's a point at which the subscription price validates just subscribing to the service as opposed to acquiring all those games that you have to keep downloading to your system, again, knowing that there is a finite amount of space on a given PlayStation. So, so Nick thought that uh, the range of games would be the entire library, and I disagree. That's that's the point of contention. I think when they say a range of games, certain games they're going to allow you to access within the subscription, and then there's still going to be games out there that you have to uh, pay to get access to. And if I'm paying for a subscription, I don't want to have to. I don't want to pay for additional content if I'm paying for a subscription. The only thing that's acceptable for that for me is Amazon Prime, and that's because that's kind of a. Um, it's not cut and dry like with Amazon Prime. The big thing was the two day free shipping, and then they kind of tacked on the instant video on top of that. And I've seen a lot of great stuff on it. And every now and again, there's like something I need to pay for, but that's the only thing I really accept it for. But with the PlayStation, with PlayStation now, I'd, if I'm going to pay a subscription service, I'd want the entire library, and I just don't know how feasible that is for Sony. Um, so especially with them being with them, it's because the streaming is not restricted to PlayStation device. Like, of course, you have the PS4, the PS3, and the PS Vita that you can stream to, but you're going to be also be able to stream to smartphones, tablets. And televisions that have PlayStation Now enabled, so you can play PlayStation Now without actually having PlayStation. Isn't this then sort of the beginning again? Again, not to keep kind of going back to the whole death of the console thing, but isn't this really the beginning of oh, uh, you Jesus. know? <laughs> no, but like the, the, the talk of you know consoles kind of going away, and then you know PlayStation just becomes a platform as opposed to an actual piece of hardware if you're if you're if you're if you're able to stream this to your to your phone which will have you know a a you know playstation 4 quality processor um you know at, at what point does it you know at what point does it become almost redundant for them to release the ps5 and just be like you know what we're just going to keep letting everybody play our games through our network with our monthly recurring revenue coming in and this is what 
the PlayStation brand becomes going forward. I mean, they—I guess they—they—they've kind of set themselves up to be able to do that, but I highly doubt that's what they want to do. Um, Sony wants to control the ecosystem. You know, that's that's their thing. They don't want—they don't want PlayStation on Microsoft Surface. They don't want PlayStation on like you know a Google tablet. They want you to have a PlayStation device. They want you to have a Vita. They want you to have a PS4. And uh, this this service is right. Well, right now it's for PS3 games, and I guess they can they can extend that to PS4 games if they really wanted to. But I don't think they will. Not, I mean, they could, but I don't think they will unless they absolutely unless things are just going that poorly. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. No. Well, even then, I mean, you still have. I mean, at least for the PS4 games, they're still available. You know, for download at release, and you just buy them like normal. Yeah, so. yeah. So, okay. Uh, so now the last thing that came out of CES is actually two announcements wrapped in one. But uh, so my, well, Microsoft came out first saying that the Xbox uh, One had sold 3 million units. So which about, is adorable. Which is adorable. As it adorable. turns out. <laughs> you know, because uh, Sony was the last, you know, usually it will be Sony announcing numbers Microsoft. Sony announced the numbers to Microsoft. But now, like, Sony hasn't said anything. Microsoft has said, oh, yeah, 3 million units. All right. And then Sony came out and crushed it with uh, 4.2 million PS4s sold worldwide in 2013. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Sony is still beating the brakes off of Microsoft uh, in terms of sales. And I mean, my, even though Sony released a week, oh sorry, the the PlayStation uh, Four released a week early, um, that was only in two territories. The first, like actually, they they recently just started expanding into other territories. But Microsoft, the Xbox One, was releasing thirteen territories uh, on launch, which you know, in a perfect world, should have actually gotten them. Uh, you know, much more in terms of sales than it did. And Sony has been beating Microsoft in terms of sales with only two ter- with two territories versus 13 territories um, from the beginning. So it wasn't... I knew that, you know, when Sony um, opened up the other territories that they would, uh, you know, they would start to pull away from Microsoft, but I didn't expect it to be a number like that. Like a cool, you know, four point two. <laughs> I'm sorry, one point two million more units sold. Well, yeah. Well, going around over the holidays, I I didn't see any PS4s anywhere. I saw Xbox Ones everywhere. So I thought Xbox was just going to sort of try to push them out by you know pumping consoles out on the shelves and just beat them because couldn't get a PS4 by an Xbox One seems more like PS4s were just selling out and they were both putting them out about as fast as they could and Xboxes just weren't getting bought. Yeah, I have seen a lot of Xbox Ones on shelves. There, I, yeah, I, could, I could go to a Best Buy tomorrow and pick up an Xbox One. They're everywhere. Even when Microsoft was swearing up and down, they were sold out. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy out in the bushes trying to sell me one now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so and now um, now PS4 is being sold in 48 territories total. 
to Microsoft's 13 territories. So I don't know if Microsoft's going to start, like, when they're, they're going to try to push out to more territories, but that that's definitely helping. Well, Microsoft doesn't do especially well in other territories, as far as I remember. Well, Japan and Asia doesn't do well, but right, yeah, they they definitely do better uh, in the, in North America. That's that's their market. But I mean, it's probably safe to say that Sony is outselling them there too. Even though, never mind, they may be they may be outselling Sony simply because they have more units out. So. Um, that price too, like they 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 really fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, call quits. They like they really fucked up. Like when they they just just bad decisions all around. The the five hundred dollar price point is definitely not helping right now, especially you know when a lot of people don't want the connect because they the don't want shit. it. It's a wonderful device. And I like I have a friend who has one now. He says, "Yeah, it's kind of cool being able to say Xbox on, it turns on, and then it recognizes you." It's like it's someone cool. has not played Steel Battalion. <laughs> but then but I, you like, play I, that, you take your Connect and you step on it. I asked him. I was you like, "See one, you step on someone else's." I asked, then they might not make a game like it again. I asked him, um, "Would you have bought it for that feature?" He's like, "No, he got a, his wife bought it for him as a Christmas gift." That's how he got it. And I was like, "Would you would you have bought it for that feature or any of the features that connect?" He's like, "No, but I like it now that he has it." But he wouldn't have bought it for one. I don't know. Like it's it. They need to if they if they want to bring the price if they to bring the price down if they need to involve the connect they just need to do it because the connect seems like it's more trouble than it's worth. It has great features and all, but no, if nobody wants the features, then uh, shit. What do you mean? No, three million people voted with their wallets and said that they want those features. I said they want an Xbox. They didn't say they want to connect. <laughs> yeah, they really down. Exactly. The yeah, they that they wanted the Xbox. I bet you, you know, at least a handful of them are upset after that guy who named himself. Shut off Xbox One or turn yeah, Xbox sign out. Yeah, Xbox sign out. Yeah, yeah. No, Which but those no, guys are regretting their purchase. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Well, no, they, they. I think they know that they just don't automatically yell out somebody's name when you're playing a game like that. Like, actually think before you do that. Like, yes. but that's besides the point. Because um, not everybody fell for it in the video, but it was still funny. No, but. Um, no, I was going to say, like, Xbox, you know, Microsoft needs to learn, like, don't announce your numbers before Sony announces their numbers, because Sony's numbers are always better. But, oh, that's the lesson here? That should be the lesson, no, just but I think... Uh, Xbox, don't talk. It's <laughs> always been our message, just shut your mouth. Even if like, we sold a whole bunch of consoles, like, no, don't say it, just don't talk. No, but, those buttons, but... guys, know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, but I, I think in this case, though... Microsoft may have been right to do so because they could present their three million very you know as a very upbeat number with no context. Because if if Sony came out first and said, "Hey, we hit four point two million," then Microsoft is going to come out like, "Oh, we only hit three million. But at least they could be like, "Hey, we hit three million. Ain't that great?" And then Sony can be like, "No," and you know at least Microsoft doesn't have to reply at that point. They can just kind of like walk away with a smile on their face. <laughs> so it sounds better. Exactly. Exactly. You mean they're they're gone before they can be embarrassed? <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're following the marketing team out the door. Oh man, 
Yeah, so I don't know. So I, a friend of mine asked me, he's like, "When are you getting the Xbox One?" I was like, I, "Honestly, and no bullshit, I I honestly don't know if I'm going to get one at this point." Like when with the with the Xbox 360 and the PS3, there was no doubt in my mind that eventually I was going to get one. Even the Wii U, there is no doubt in my mind that I will get a Wii U. It's just a matter of when. With the Xbox One, I don't know. I honestly do not know when I'm going to get an Xbox One. If I'm going to get one at all. Huh? I need D4. Fuck. What's God damn it. (laughs) Sweary. You know the guy who did Deadly Premonition? Yeah. He's releasing a new game, and it's only on the Xbox One. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, see, I haven't seen any games that would make me want to purchase an Xbox One. I don't think this will do it. Then even the Quantum Break, which I love Remedy, but I don't know if I'm gonna do Quantum Break. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in another Remedy series that they that they box up and put away. Yeah. Like you know, I was invested in Alan Wake, and they took that away. Like there's, it's highly unlikely that they're gonna bring that game back. Yeah, but you know? I, I still loved what they did with it. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely. happy with what I got. Alan Wake, I still love you. Even Absolutely, I'm, I'm happy not. with what they did with it, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like you know, I was invested in the series, and now, yeah, like they, seems... there's no, I mean, they were real. America, Alan Wake Two became American Nightmare, and I really, I really didn't like that because American Nightmare wasn't what I liked about Alan Wake. I mean, American Nightmare was was good, but it wasn't what I liked about Alan Wake. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, Sony still out selling Microsoft, and that'll probably be the case for a while. Uh, but let's move on to a, a non CES topic. Uh, an announcement for an announcement and trailer for Alien Isolation has finally, uh, finally come out here. And it, uh, I guess people were expecting it to be a, uh, you know, it's another shooter, but it's definitely not. It's first person, but it's survival horror. It's first person survivor horror, survival horror, kind of like Slender or um, God, what's the other name of that game? Amnesia. There we go. First person survival horror, um, which is this great. Is an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. Uh, according to them, they said that the, uh, they're saying that they they feel that the uh, the Alien games that have been coming out were a disservice to the Alien series, and I staunchly do. Is that, is that is that the word I'm looking for? I staunchly disagree with that. I think that works because I mean, like the only game that was, in my opinion, questionable, but of course everybody hates it, is Alien Aliens Colonial Marines, which, in my opinion, was given a much worse rap than it actually was. Okay, but I'm not gonna debate that. Okay, shots fired. <laughs> Just saying, it, it definitely wasn't. I'm not gonna call it a good game. Okay, but I'm not gonna call it a bad game either. It was somewhere in between there, not good and bad. <laughs> it's mediocre. It was mediocre. Mediocre. Uh, four mediocre games. Yeah, yeah. It was as mediocre for sure. Um. But uh, 
other than that, I mean, there's been a bunch of great Alien games. Um, actually, be let's I'll be honest with you, more of them are Alien versus Predator games, but still they're Alien games. So you have like you know Alien versus Predator, the original Alien versus Predator two, Alien versus Predator that um came out in uh in 2011. But before that, the only the only Alien games you had were the ones back for like I think I remember playing one on the Sega Genesis. But other than that, like, you really don't have Alien games, you know. But they're saying that they, they think these, these other like games with the aliens have been um, they're kind of a disservice to the series itself, and I I disagree. I dis I disagree on that. Those, those games were great because people love aliens. They they, they it was a great movie. And that that movie definitely was not about. It wasn't a thriller. I'll tell you that much. It wasn't like a sci-fi thriller or even anything that resembled horror. You know. But uh, oh, this game. The fact that they're they're making a survival horror in itself, I don't necessarily think that stays true to, uh, the creature of the alien, because in in a survival horror game. Uh, you have to have elements that scare you, you know. So you have to kind of have that enemy breathing down your neck, or hearing that enemy, or maybe seeing the enemy a little bit. Uh, and that doesn't really go with what the aliens actually do. Like by uh, by the time you see an alien, you're dead. Like that's that's it. Like if you know they're there, it's too late for you. You're going to die. You know. Whereas in the in the trailer I saw, like there's a moment where you know she's walking forward, um, and by the way, the the game is based around um, uh, is it Amanda Ripley? Uh, it's Ripley's daughter, who was she was referenced in uh, Aliens, and she, so you you're playing as her, um, and she's looking for her mother on a ship, uh, but yeah, so there's like a you know a scene where you can kind of see the alien. Uh, the alien shadow go by, you know, and um, if that was the case, if you saw that, you'd be dead. <laughs> In real life, alien world, you'd be dead. <laughs> if you can count that. Uh, did you guys watch the movies? I I did. I, it's been a while. I I don't remember much of them, unfortunately. Like, you clearly remember them much better and know the the <laughs> creatures much better. But. Uh, <laughs> I like the series a lot, and I played I, I played the shit out of the Alien vs. Predator games. Um, and even Colonial Marines, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but still, the... I don't know, like... I've really never, like, this, in, in the movies, you don't see the aliens really... If they're, if they're by themselves, you don't see them hunting people. Um, usually people kind of, you know... They 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 come into an area where the people are, or if the alien feels like it's in danger, then it'll kill somebody, you know, and that's what it does. But look at uh, you know look at the end of Alien, when you know Ripley when everybody's dead and Ripley's running around getting her shit together, and running to the the escape ship, the alien's just in there. The alien knows she's there, you know, it knows she's there. It's just, the alien's just fucking in there chilling, you know, waiting waiting to go somewhere. <laughs> Um, and it gets sucked out the airlock. Um, and then, like, you know, aliens, or aliens, uh, yeah, in aliens, when there was actually was a queen there, the aliens, the only time they really came is when 
you know, they, they came to get you to cocoon you. They weren't just coming in to try to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Even when the Marines were inside of the uh, the actual um, hive, they were all aliens all around them, and they got deep inside before the aliens even reacted to them, probably because the Queen told them to do or whatever. So, I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't feel... Like, they're saying that they may want to have more of a feel like like the movies, and I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Then again, you may not be into the lore as much as I am, or to the, the creatures themselves, so it may not make a difference. Is it possible that maybe, like, you know, in that scene where, like, the alien shadow moves by or whatever, like, the alien's just doing his own thing, and Amanda just happens to be there, and if you're the player, if you just kind of chill and just kind of do your own thing, like, the alien won't actually attack you. But you would think, like, most people, you're like, oh, shit, there's the alien. Like, let me shoot at it or do something. And maybe, like, your scared reaction will, you know, instigate the alien to attack you. Right. I mean, I don't think that's the case. Actually, you don't have any guns in this game. There are no weapons for you to use. They're saying Sorry. that... They're saying that there are, you will come into contact with the aliens sometimes, and there you possibly may escape, um, but most of the time it will result in death. I'm like, dude, 100% of the time should result in death. There's no way to get away from those things. Like, no, nobody narrowly escapes aliens. Like, the only person in the series who really got away from an alien or, or successfully like hid from an alien was Newt. She was the only one. Nobody else. The little kid. That was it. For those who don't know who Newt, who Newt is, everybody it probably else. has something to do with not wanting to kill a kid on a movie. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like, just the, the way the alien, even like the alien in um, you know, in uh, an Alien Three, when they were trying to trap it, like it's just, it's smarter than all of them. It was smarter than all of them. The only way they got to actually trap it was by trapping somebody down there with it. You know? Do you guys remember that? Like, how much of the movies do you remember? I've only seen Alien and Aliens. So I've Same never here. Seen I've seen the, I think I've seen the ass end of Aliens 3. Then why am I even talking to you guys about this? <laughs> You're talking to the people out there, not us. Jesus. You're educating us. Because now, to me, it just sounds like they're turning into survival horror because the last one did so poorly, they need to, they're like, well, what can we come out and say? Because we have to go in the complete opposite direction now. Or people are like, another fucking shitty alien shooter. So, so they try and do the opposite direction. They're like, maybe the survival horror kids will like it. We'll make it so like amnesia. Pull- It'll be great. They'll all buy Wait, it. Aren't they pulling a reverse dead space? A reverse like, dead space? It's a reverse yeah, instead dead of going space, from like horror crush. to action, they're going from action to horror. Maybe. I mean, I think of the setting. The setting it can work, um, but the the what they would have to do to make it true survival horror, or to make it scary, it is kind of against the the character or how the aliens actually but work. Couldn't couldn't they just say it's some kind of like berserker alien? Because I mean, there's a whole bunch of different xenomorphs anyway. Like, what if this is like, what if the other alien was a was a calmer one that Ripley was fighting, and this one's just some batshit insane sane one that jumps at everything that moves and stalks you in that fashion. Nah, I mean... That's probably what they'll do. Well, the thing about it, like, they, they're gonna go with the most, uh... Where I'm looking for. They're gonna go with the most, um... recognizable type of Xenomorph. I mean, in the multiplayer for Colonial Marines, there was, uh... different types of Xenos. But... 
not not in the uh actually i'm sorry yeah they were there were multiple types in um in the single player i forgot about that they have the spitter types so they have the spitter types and the regulars but they uh yeah they're just going to use the, the standard you know penis shaped head looking ones so <laughs> you guys don't know what i'm talking about do you yeah, we know. I know. I know what the aliens look like. They look kind of like penises. I get that. Uh, and I actually, I've read this entire this 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 article on the guy who designed, like, who did like the designs. Oh yeah, for the does, aliens. Uh, Geiger. He does weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Geiger. Alien, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like, I'll send it to you guys after the podcast because he had they had some they had some drawings of the um the ship. The the ship the uh the, the space jockey ship that you they go into uh that they go into an alien and how like the doors look like vaginas or something like that <laughs> like you you gotta see it <laughs> I, guess. I was I like yeah, I, I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like you gotta huh they got a point there like supposedly <laughs> that was like it, it was supposed to be a whole bunch of sexual innuendo in those designs you know. And like the face huggers were supposed to represent rape or something like that. Well, yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty gross. Yeah, so I don't know. I uh, I'll probably still play it. I'm not saying it's gonna be a bad game. I don't know much about the game. I'm just saying I don't think it's necessarily gonna stay true to you know what the aliens actually are and how they actually work versus trying to make it scary. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Did you did you see Prometheus? No, I did not. Because, I mean, that may if, if you liked Alien lore, then you, you probably should see that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been meaning to watch that. I just um, I've been forgetting about it. I thought actually, there was a secret Alien movie or something. Prometheus was supposed to be an Alien prequel. Well, unofficial. It was the unofficial Alien prequel, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh yeah, it's a prequel. Cause... Oh no, it was supposed to be the official prequel, and then they changed. It. Well, no, they, they, they well they were yeah they weren't promoting it as such, but it was like yeah you go see it you know it's an Alien movie, but they didn't want to come out and say that until after it was out. Oh yeah, but I'm saying like they no like it was supposed to be the actual prequel yeah. to Alien. Yeah, it sets and... up it sets up how the space jockey ship winds up where it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is weird. Oh, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what was supposed to be, and then they changed it. But I always wanted to watch it. I never got a chance to. I wasn't sure how much they actually changed about it. You, you, sh- you should watch that, and then we can we can do, like, a MASHCast Plus about your reaction to Prometheus. Oh, okay. Alright, we'll do that then. Not the MASHCast Plus, we'll just talk about it. We don't want to bore these four people more bored than they already are right now. Alright, so um, last topic. China, they either lifted the ban or they're getting ready to lift the ban. I think Joel caught some wording in there saying that they're, they're going yeah, to... Yeah, they said they, they cancelled the ban lift because they're going to figure out some legal things first. I think it's still going forward, it's just not right now anymore. Okay, so they they well, it's funny because I think the same week they announced the ban lift, it's either the same week or the week before. No, I'm sorry, it was the week before they banned Battlefield Four. 
Yes. From was, China. No, the Battle, Battlefield 4 was the week before, but that's Battlefield 4 is a completely different reason than what's going on with the gun. Well, kind of. Battlefield 4 is very specific. They, blo- they, blo- they banned Battlefield 4 because it had a basically like an anti-China campaign, like where China goes crazy and you know starts shit with the U.S. And you playing as the U.S. have to fight the Chinese, which when you're China, you're going to be like, yeah, this isn't really cool. But I think that's the thing is like generally their their ban on the consoles was more about protecting the culture and just sort of a widespread – you know, ban on all kinds of media because this kind of thing could happen. And I guess maybe going forward, they'll just take it on a case-by-case basis. I mean, you know, why block Nintendo when, like, you know, like Mario and Luigi are perfectly friendly and they're they're not at all, like, anti-China? That's true. Well, still, it's kind of the same thing. Like, they ban Battlefield because they they think it made the country look bad and they they don't want that influence on their people. But isn't... But don't we all tend to run into this problem with, uh, like, didn't Russia get all pissed when they were, like, the villains in, in one of the battlefields or, or uh, one of the games? Or was it, no, or was it Korea with uh, Homefront? No, no. First of all, um, Homefront was, they, North Korea does not have Homefront, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, in Japan, I think in Japan... They changed the Koreans to Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you know about that, Joel? No, no, I didn't know. Yes, they changed the, my feelings. In Japan, they changed the it, the the Canadians invaded the United States. That would be something. <laughs> um, but I think that's because. In, the Japanese are so close to North Korea and that's yeah. some scary shit because North Korea becomes a world power in that game. Like they attack the United States. Um, um well first might... of all, I think what was the story? North Korea and South Korea join back together. They become like an economic world power. They attack the United States and um nobody came to help the USA. <laughs> So that that was that that's that's kind of thing. And I played through the entire game, um, which was all right. I think that was the story. And yeah, it was just weird because it was like a year before Kim Jong Il died, and like Kim Jong Un, like Kim Jong Il died, Kim Kim Jong Un uh, took over, and then united Korea, and they became a world power. Hmm. So, but uh, so yeah, we're we're looking at a. Uh, a console ban lift in China, which I guess is the, that's good because I mean Microsoft and Sony, but hey, we got this extra stock of PS3s and Xbox 360s. They can send them right over to China. But on the other, on the other side, that like China, their markets don't really work the same way ours do. Like, you know, somebody would get a hold of a PS3 or a uh, Xbox 360 and just make their own and start selling those for cheaper. They're already doing that though. I mean, yeah. you know, selling them for cheaper, I mean, it's it, not necessarily that since there's no comparison. But no, I mean, that one of the problems is there's already a, you know, they're already, you know, copying the consoles and downloading the games illicitly over there. Um, to a degree, this is sort of China realizing, like, we kind of can't stop this from happening, so we might as well allow it in. Um, I don't know how the actual consoles being available now might affect piracy over there because if there's one thing that the Chinese love, it's copying everything and making their own. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's there. You know, it's not like now that the consoles are getting in there, piracy is going to be. You know, piracy is going to run rampant for them because that that black market already existed. There's, there's no there's no cat to let out of the bag. That cat died long ago. Uh, yeah. I'm just talking. I'm not necessarily talking about for the government. I'm talking. I'm talking about um. You know, for for Microsoft and Sony, like from what I heard, that Microsoft is actually going to be instead of just taking the Xbox One and the Xbox 360 over there, um, they are going to be um, working with a, a Chinese company, like a local one, uh, to come up with another console for that market because the free to play market has launched over there, but like the the market of actually buying a sixty dollar title or you know whatever that translates to and you know, whatever currency they're using. Uh, I don't know if that's going to... I don't know if that's going to fly over in China. Well, putting putting aside even the issue of the actual economics of the consoles, I think one of the biggest problems Microsoft has, too, is the whole the whole issue with the Kinect, not to hammer on that drum again, but the perception that it's always recording what you're doing. And, you know, well, for us, it's kind of a, you know, sort of an abstract concept to really discuss, like, is it recording? But over there, knowing, you know, knowing that our government has, you know, hacked into stuff, um, I think there, that becomes an even more valid concern that, you know, that they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to buy this American console because now the American government is going to be watching us because I'm sure they're, you know, we're the boogeyman over there just as much as we tend to make foreign governments out to be the boogeyman over here. Yeah, I think that's 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 one thing that they may be worried about. Well, a lot of people are worried about that, not just China. I'm just talking about the way Microsoft and Sony are going, are going to have to approach that market differently than probably yeah. any other market that they're dealing with because it's a huge market. But... Like is like the amount of money they have to put in to make it work. Is it worth it to them? Yes. To go with their current <laughs> strategies. <laughs> I think that's the thing. The market is so huge that yeah, the whatever hoops they have to jump through in order I'll, to kind of put to you like this. You know all the, the fear mongering they do about piracy over here. That can really destroy them over there. <laughs> like it can, it can, that can really happen. Like over there, like their the fears because it's, piracy is so rampant over there. How how they. How they uh, view intellectual property? They, they, I mean, they don't just pirate like movies and, and games and shit. They have a knockoff World of Warcraft theme park, and they also copied a village in Austria. So they have an entire Austrian village copied, building for building, somewhere over in China. Yeah, <laughs> that is impressive. Where the copyright <laughs> infringement lives. <laughs> That is just impressive. A building for building copy of a of a of a town. Yes. Uh, and, and I and I don't I don't I don't think anybody quite understands why <laughs> they did that. Because they could, Nick. Because they could. Because they could. Because they could. They take yeah, they, they take piracy way further than anybody should. <laughs> they have their own knockoff mash cast, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And the knockoff jokes that their Nick makes are way worse than mine. Uh, no, you're irreplaceable, Nick. <laughs> We'd uh, never get Chinese Nick to take over for you, Nick. Yeah. Unless he worked way cheaper. Oh, oh. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's pretty much it. That's going to wrap us up. On today's podcast, let's see what's coming out um, next week. Assassin's Creed Liberation HD. That's that's out. Um, 
Let's see anything else interesting. Jesus. Kickbeat Steam Edition. Oh, yeah, girl, gonna hit the streets with that. What is it? I don't even know. I don't even know how you play the game or what it it's about. Like I should talk like that. Yeah, uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, or I, I, as I like to call it, the Max Payne Edition, with the <laughs> <laughs> with the way the trailer looked. That's like some Max Payne shit going on in there. Oh yeah, she was blowing things away. It's fucking Rainbow. Rainbow's yeah, like, hell. Yeah, pretty much. Like I don't know. Like that kind of take it kind of uh, takes away from the character. Because, I mean, this is supposedly her first kill, like, her first time killing. Like, she's not supposed to be comfortable to the point where she's knocking a dude down, putting the shotgun in his mouth and blowing his head off. Yeah, that's some Gears of War level shit. Yeah, you know, like, that's... The whole, put the guy's head down, just start stomping on it. Scratch one crow. Yeah. Phoenix to voice her now. Dude, like, I'm curious, like, what else does this thing offer? I don't know. I don't know what else this game offers, because that's all they really showed in the preview. Well, basically, it's just, like, sort of a non-canon version of the game. Maybe a non-canon. It's the same story. No, but, well, yeah, but it's because she's doing that, like, you know, as far as the official lore for Tomb Raider goes, like, this this isn't actually how it happened. She didn't actually, you know, shove shotguns in people's faces. Well, I mean, like, the Laura Croft that we that we know she'll become probably wouldn't have a problem shooting somebody in but the that's, face. Exactly, that's the Laura Croft that she becomes. This is, this is like, alternative Laura Croft, who already doesn't have that problem. So, like, if you want the official story, play the other game. But if you just want to bl- blow people's heads off, play this game. Hmm. I'm actually looking at some pictures. Like, she looks different, too. Like, her face is different. And I... Th- huh. It's not just, like they they didn't try to make her look more like the actress. Cause I know what the actual actress looks like because she's on the show I like to watch. But anyway, like they didn't look. Like, I don't know. That's weird. Hmm. Oh well. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I I don't. It's for PS4 and Xbox One for now. So I seriously doubt I'll be getting that. Uh, maybe when I get a PS4. Who knows. And Final Fantasy 13, February 11th, but and Brave Default, February 7th, but that's a ways out. So still got time to work on that backlog, folks. Still got time. Which you shouldn't have anyway. Jesus, Nick, I'm not even going to get started with you. My life is a backlog, Nick. Back the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, as always, thank you for listening. Um, you can catch us on SoundCloud.com slash mash those buttons. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. And you can stream or download the podcast there. Uh, we are on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We are on Facebook.com slash mash those buttons and YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. And like I said, thank you for listening. And we will catch you guys. Actually, this time we're going to catch you later this week. Got another Mashcast coming Friday as long as everything goes okay so we'll catch you guys then have a great early week sexy ghostbusters are weird i'm hanging up now perfect (laughs) you did this to me don't treat it like i'm saying something weird out of nowhere (laughs) goodbye night